0: You can open your Bible to uh, Nehemiah chapter 13,
1: as well as your quarterly, and we'll ask the Lord to guide us as we study. Father in heaven, we're thankful
0: that there's still time
1: to learn the lessons from the past, and to overcome the mistakes that others have made. Now we pray for your special presence of the Holy Spirit to guide our time during this Sabbath school class. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Well, I suppose
1: there's different viewpoints on whether we need this lesson.
3: I suppose
1: that in general,
0: um, Adventists feel that
1: they're not doing any of these things. But we're going to we're going to try to challenge that today. The title, as you see, is "Backslidden People," and really, there was a fairly short time after a great revival and then Nehemiah
0: goes back to his post of duty.
1: And then, after a time, he returns to Jerusalem
0: and he finds that God's people are not doing what they promised that they would do. And
1: that's what leads up to the title of the lesson. I thought of this quotation because my view of the Sabbath school lesson is
0: that we need to be looking for lessons for ourselves,
1: not just studying history of what somebody else did. So here's a quote from um,
4: Christian Experience and Teachings, page 158. It's in other places too, but
1: that's where I, I found it. I saw that many who profess to believe the truth for these last days
0: think it's strange that the children of Israel murmured as
1: they journeyed. Now, why did they murmur? Yes, that's all true, but there's something more basic. Why do we usually complain?
0: <laughs> okay, we don't like what God asked us to do, right?
1: So we complain. And so what caused them to murmur so much was that they didn't like what God was Telling them to do where he was telling them to go, and so they complained. So some Adventists think that's strange that they would do that.
2: That after the wonderful dealings of God with them,
1: they should, uh, by so, they should be so ungrateful as to forget what he had done for them and then the Lord gave her a message said the angel ye have done worse than they so
4: while it is a horrible history about the children of
1: Israel 70 Adventists have done worse than they Exactly, It's not that we did more gross things. You know, I mean, they did some pretty gross things. They
4: offered their children as human sacrifice. They uh, did all kinds of terrible things.
0: We, We haven't done so many gross things. But in connection to how much
1: we've been blessed with light, we have complained more than what they did.
0: And so it's very likely that we also are in a backslidden condition. So we want to investigate that
1: here this morning.
0: And I think the chapter gives a pretty good outline, so I'm going to follow the chapter. And, you know, uh, we'll refer to some of the days. But
1: So look at chapter 13, and we'll start with verse 1. On that day, they read in the book of Moses, which, of course, is the Bible, in the
4: audience of the people,
1: and therein was found written that the Ammonite and the Moabite should not come into the congregation of God for how long? Forever because, gives the reason why, because they meant not the children of Israel with bread and with water. So you remember, as they were approaching the uh, river, because they were going to have to cross over and go up the, uh, you yeah, the uh, western side, I guess it was,
0: of Jordan, there were two nations that God didn't want them to wipe
1: out yet. And so they sent a request.
4: Let us pass through your land. We'll stay on the highway. We won't bother anybody.
1: If we need water, we'll buy it from you. If we need food, we'll buy it from you. We'll just walk right down the highway and, and pass you. And they said, no way. You're not coming through our land. Then Moab did something more
3: but hired Balaam
4: against them,
1: that he should curse them. Albeit, our God turned the
0: curse into a blessing. Now that's
4: that's a wonderful uh, lesson, isn't
0: it?
1: Can anybody really curse us?
0: Not really. They can try. (laughs) But if
4: God
1: is for us,
0: who can be against us,
4: right? You had a thought? Yeah, as long as we're seeking to follow God's way.
0: Now
1: it came to pass, when they had heard the law,
0: that they separated from Israel all the mixed
1: multitude. So they had Moabites, they had Ammonites, and others that had uh, married into the Jewish faith. And then it tells us about one of them. And before this, Eliashib the priest,
0: having the oversight
1: of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto who? Now, why was that a bad thing? Absolutely.
0: You remember in a previous lesson,
1: He had made fun of their attempts to rebuild the wall. He had tried everything at his hand to stop them from doing it, but they were, he was unable to do that. And now,
0: who is it that married into his family? A relative of the high
1: priest, wow. Now, do we have any problem do you have in this church of people doing this? You think we have quite a bit?
0: What what is actually
1: going on that you would feel is a parallel to this? Yes. Well, it certainly uh, lowers the distinction that's supposed to exist, doesn't it? And it gives the idea that well, we're just, you know, like like everybody else, and we can just uh, go ahead and intermarry with others. Anything else that you've uh, seen that is causing this problem? Yes. He said, well, we know that a lot of you uh, come from small churches and there's no Adventist that you can date. And so it's okay if you date non-Adventists.
0: And I thought to myself,
1: if you're going to date a non-Adventist and you start falling in love with them, you're going to want to marry them. The only way to keep yourself from being tempted to go ahead and marry someone that's not an Adventist and I don't say that to say that we're better than anybody else because I know uh, people from other faiths that actually have a better heart relationship with Jesus than many of us so I'm not saying we're better but we are very different and it is very dangerous for us to get connected with them and so uh, You know, I didn't stand up and
3: and speak against him, but I sure felt like it because he
1: was leading all those young people to think it was okay to go back home and date non-Adventists. But God has called us to be separate because our faith, if we practice it right, for sure, is so different. And others will lead us to Give it up, and that's exactly what we find in the lesson, right? They were giving up some of their faith because of this marriage between unbelievers.
0: Now, if you are married to an unbeliever, should you separate from them?
1: No. I'm saying at any time, really, you know.
0: I'm very clear you should not marry a non-seventh-day I'm very clear on that. But now you're already married,
1: and you're married to an unbeliever. Should you separate from them? Okay, does anybody have a Bible text to tell us what we should do?
0: Well, Pastor Edward, I don't have a Bible text for you right this minute, but um, the lesson brings out I guess when um,
5: when Nehemiah goes back in there and, and starts to basically um,
4: right the ship, so to speak, there were some that had been married into, into heathen families or whatever, and he specifically told them
5: to, to basically dis, disengage your
6: marriage. And so there's got to be something to that
5: in relationship to us today. I'm not sure to what degree. I'm not sure how that goes about, but I think there's something in there.
0: Okay. Any other? Yes. We're looking at, uh, is this, you know, they separated the,
4: these people from their partners. Is that the marching order for us today?
2: Yes. I can't um, think of where it... Said that um, if we are married to the unbeliever and um, everything is going good, meaning that um,
5: you don't wish to separate because of the differences, you're to stay married
2: to that individual. Um, also, I know, um, I can't think of where it was, um,
5: I forgot it was either in Ezra or Nehemiah's time here where when, when you, you married
2: unbelievers, God didn't, God didn't want you to because they would turn you to their idol worship. But if you turn the unbeliever, unbeliever to God, then, then you would have stayed married with them. With that's, that's what Israel was, Israel supposed, was supposed to do. To do. They they were, God, God only, only wanted them separated because they would, they would turn Israelites to idol worship. And, and it's usually, It usually works that way where you have, have a, a good partner, or a bad partner, partner not that anybody's good or bad. But that usually you pick up the bad things from the other individual as opposed to them picking up the good things from you. But if you are living with an unbeliever and they're following God, then you're supposed to stay married with them. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, 1 Corinthians
1: 7. I can't remember and Paul exactly. deals with this. Yes.
4: Yeah, I was just going to read the text that everybody's referring to. Go ahead. Um, But But to to the rest, this is 1 Corinthians 7, starting at verse 12.
3: But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away.
7: And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, if he be pleased to dwell with her,
4: let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband.
7: Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But, if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. Amen.
1: So we have clear light on this issue. Number one, if the believer has an unbelieving partner, and that unbelieving partner is willing to live with them, then they can stay. But if the unbelieving partner says, yeah, you're, you're constantly a problem to me, I want out of here, let them go. It's their choice to leave, but not the believer to do the leaving.
0: However, there apparently was something more serious back then. And uh, Prophets and Kings, page
1: 673 says, These unlawful alliances were causing great confusion in Israel. And of course, it was leadership, top leadership that were involved in this.
3: For some who entered into
1: them uh, were men in high position, rulers to whom the people had a right to look for counsel, and a safe example. So what they were doing, these leaders were telling everyone, it doesn't matter, you can go ahead and marry unbelievers. And this was bringing about great confusion.
0: For seeing the ruin before the nation,
1: if this evil were allowed to continue, and it goes on to say some more uh, Nehemiah, uh, stepped in, and he demanded that they separate. And when it came to the high priest's uh, uh, relative, he kicked the guy clear out of Israel and you know, gave a very clear message, no more uh, marrying unbelievers. Okay, uh, another problem that the high priest had allowed was to this relative to live in what room in the sanctuary? Imagine that
0: allowed him to live in the room where they kept the ties and the special offerings and so on. Why do you think he
1: let him use that room? <laughs> Because the tithe had stopped coming in They didn't need the room anymore People had quit giving their tithes and offerings
2: So verse 5 it says And he had prepared for him a great chamber Where foretime they laid the meat offerings The frankincense and the vessels And the
1: tithes of the corn The new wine and the oil which was commanded to be given to the Levites,
0: and the singers, and the porters, and the offerings of the priests.
1: But in all this time was I, was not I at Jerusalem, for in the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, came I unto the king, and after certain days obtained I leave of the king. And I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil that Elisha did for Tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the coast, courts of the house of God. And it grieved me sore,
4: therefore, I cast
0: forth, wow, <laughs> Nehemiah was a man of action, right?
1: He threw out everything that was in that room.
0: I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. Then I commanded,
1: and they cleansed the chambers, and thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God with the meat offering and the frankincense. Now then, the chapter goes into the next problem that they had, verse 10. And I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled everyone to his field. Why did they have to go and work in their gardens? They didn't have farms.
0: Levites
4: didn't have farms. But they had gone to their gardens. Yes.
5: I think the reason why they did, because the tap wasn't coming in. So they had to go
6: and work.
1: All right. Did you have
0: another thought? Okay.
6: So unfortunately
4: the tithe was being diverted. Do we have a problem
1: in the Adventist Church with this?
4: What what are you aware of as far as the problem in the Adventist Church?
1: Yes. yes. Uh, he, he has the mic, we'll let him, then you can go.
2: God says that we're to bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there's room enough for him to do the work. And we see um, in the church today where we don't have the tithes in here where we can do all the ministries that we need to do. Because people are holding back or people are
5: worrying about their own issues rather than taking care of what God wants us to take care of. And understanding that when we do what God tells us to do, that God will provide for us everything that we have need of. But we're fearful that I won't have this or I won't have that, or we're selfish,
2: where we don't give according to how God has blessed us. We're holding back. And when we hold back, we, we hold back the blessings of God on us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then up here.
0: The Adventist Church has been invested in worldly um, attributes, similar to what the Wall Street, um,
1: you know, big investors are involved in. So, from a from a, a standpoint
6: from the you know the executive body, they're doing investments that are not. Um, Please.
1: Okay.
4: That I think has a tendency
1: to cause people to be tempted to withhold when they hear things like that. Yes.
5: Yeah, but I think there has been a shift though, because if we um, realize and think in 2008. Um, no, no, there, there was, was a little crash, crash before 2008 where, where the Adventist Church, Church I know in, in Florida, Florida, lost millions of dollars because of investment. Of investment. Mm-hmm. And I think the shift from the general conference, conference down is that they don't, don't do that, that anymore. anymore. So, so if, if there, there is investment by the by individual conference into um, stocks and bonds, so to speak, speak I think they, they do, do more investment in real, in real estate than things that are more stable but not, not so much into, into the stocks and bonds, bonds anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, but it still goes on. It still goes on. Yeah, because yeah. it's yeah. A kind of an individual situation how they want to,
1: to try to do it. Do it. You and know, if you, you give them money that they can't spend, they, they got to do something with it. it. And, and people give lots of money with the idea that the idea if I need it later, I'll get it back. Get it back. Well, well, they've, they've got to invest that somewhere and, unfortunately, some of the investments are not, you know, as safe. They try their best to make it as safe as possible, but they're, they're not 100% safe. Someone else had a comment?
2: Well, here's one effect that I see happening in this country, and that is that
1: many conferences are cutting back on pastors or refraining from hiring pastors. Do you think that's an indication that not everybody's being faithful with their tithe?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Another indicator that I have learned about is that the North American division is
1: more or less demanding to cut back on their contribution to the General Conference. For many years they have given 6% to the General Conference because the world field has been developed largely from America and so we footed a bigger part of the bill. But now they're in discussions and it looks like the direction they're headed is that America drops, or the North American division drops to 3%, which forces the other divisions to come up to 3%, and they're hoping to, you know, be able to pay all that needs to be paid that way.
0: Well,
3: long time ago,
0: I was in a church service, and the pastor did this every year. It was Sligo administered to about 3,000 members.
1: And he had a table up on the platform and he had three stacks of receipts and he explained that this stack is people that pay tithe and offering
4: they put it in the envelope, he said I don't know what they put in the offering plate but if they put any
1: offering or any tithe in an envelope and turn it in. This stack represents them. The next stack was people who paid tithe only.
0: And of course he had no way of knowing whether they paid an honest
1: tithe or not. And the third stack is made up of people who hadn't given a thing, except maybe what they put in the offering plate. And the first time he gave that (coughs) uh, sermon, I was shocked because the biggest stack was people hadn't given anything and even when he put the tithe group only with the tithe and offering group it still was smaller than the people that didn't give anything.
3: So what this tells me is that we have a huge
1: problem just like they did back then. If we were all in this division giving a
0: faithful tithe. They would be putting on more ministers and they would not be complaining about the 6% that they turn over
1: to the General Conference. So we do, I believe, have a very serious situation and how are we going to get it turned around? Nehemiah was blessed, oh that that could happen today. Verse 11, Then contended I with the rulers, and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together, and set them in their place, then brought all Judah the tithe of the corn, and the new wine, and the oil, unto the treasuries.
0: And he had to appoint, I won't read all those verses, but he had to appoint,
1: people that he could trust to make sure that it got where it was supposed to be, and things uh, greatly improved. Now, what are some of the excuses you've heard for people that either cut back on their tithe or they quit paying tithe? You heard any? Okay, they complain about what the conference is doing with it. And also, and also,
6: right, is, um, what the what the, what the conference, conference is because what he did was he correct the problem. And this is what I see that Nehemiah did is he, he correct the problem. And, and if you're, you're saying that money, money is going to um, to, to invest, invest in in, in like, like different in real estate, and our money, money really shouldn't be going, going for investing. investing. It should it be going to the Levites because they need that money to live and to be sustained. And so I think you know. Maybe a smaller portion should be used for that, but just to take the money and just do investments and then tell the people that they're not giving enough. And it's because you're sitting there with the money, you know, with the money and all of these different investments, whether it's, um, it's, it's in different businesses or corporations. It, it just seems like what I'm what I'm, what I'm getting, getting from this is that he corrected the problem. So maybe the conference, so the, conference, so the people don't have these feelings of, because I'm one of them that I have,
2: like, like where, where is the money going, going to?
6: to? They, they should at least give, least give us a report of, of what, what they're doing
2: yearly. This, this is, is where
6: your money's went. went. This, this is, is how, how we divided it. I mean, you know, just to be given money for the sake of God doesn't, I mean, I mean we have brains. brains. He, he didn't, didn't make, make us, us ignorant. ignorant. It's, if, if you're, you're going to do something, put it in writing and, writing, and let, let us see where our money is going. So that, you know, know when, when you, you tell us that we that we, we, we don't, don't have, have enough ministers, ministers. okay, okay let's, let's see why, why we don't, don't have, have enough ministers. ministers. It's, it's not a dictatorship. It's something that we should all be a part of because we all want to fix the problem. But let us know in black and white so we can see where our money is going to.
2: What, what I love about Nehemiah, Nehemiah, maybe he was a very strong personality, but, but he went and he fixed the problem. The reason why the, the issue with the ties is because
6: the people, um, maybe the people became discouraged because of what, what was going on. You know, these people were um, exiled from their country for for some time, so they had to be brought back into. Um, the correct way to do things. My thing thing is with the the conference conference is they say that they're the storehouse. Okay.
2: If you're you're the storehouse, I don't see that biblically, but if you're you're the storehouse, then treat us,
6: let us know what businesses that you're invested in. You know, be be transparent. And
0: And let us know what what you're invested in. in. Let Let us us know where our monies go so that we can see
6: what we need to do and, you, you know, and not centralize all our money into one location. We don't know what's going on.
3: And I think that's what the problem is, is
6: a lot of people feel disgruntled about where their money is going.
1: Okay, let me explain uh, a little bit of background. As far as I'm aware,
0: uh, tithe money does not get invested in land
1: or uh, you know, other things. They have a formula. When you turn in your tithe, it goes first to the conference, and they have a formula that they work on. Some of the tithe is allowed to stay to pay the pastors of that conference. Some of it goes to the union to pay the pastors in the union, and some goes on to the GC. So, uh, you know, I don't know everything about the system, but in general, I can say none of that is invested
0: in land or stocks. The part that gets invested in stocks and land is when you give the conference an annuity, or they give you an annuity. You give them $30,000,
1: but you say, as long as I live, I have the right to ask for it back. That forces them to invest it somewhere. They, They can't just pay you interest and not invest it somewhere. So uh, that's where the investments uh, generally exist. Now, one of the things that, well, let me take this comment first, yes. Yes,
5: um, what we have to realize, the tide doesn't belong to us.
6: When we paid our tide, it belongs to the Lord. And whatever conference want to do,
5: It is on their head, as long as you do what God says. Very well said. I believe that's really the issue, is that, first of all, the tithe money is not ours.
1: And if you study, you can't put it for anything else. That's the only thing you can put it for. And so we give the tithe. Now, if it is misspent, it is on their conscience
5: and on their responsibility, not ours. Yes. Yeah, you, you, you both have said most of what I wanted to say. But at the another uh, piece of transparency, um, some of us don't, you know, we don't know where to go to look for this information. But at the end of each year, each conference, we has to put out there how much tithe and offering, offering and whatever was collected and, and what, what they've done with it. They, they put, put a graph. It's, it's there on the Internet. So maybe, maybe you know, I'm going, going to find, find it and educate some, some of the people, people here, here um, about, about that. And, and then, then the, the other thing, thing, like you said, just I just want to emphasize that, that the tithe, they, they do, do not invest the tithe at all. A lot of people, you know, if I Let's say, let's say I want to be generous to the Seventh-day Adventist um,
2: church and conferences. When, when I die, die, I could put in my will that everything that, will everything
5: that I have goes to them. You know, those are, are the kind, kind of, monies of monies that they say, I'm and you talk, talk about annuity, annuity and, all and all of that. Those are the, are the kind, kind of money, and anything that they get in as offering, which may seem like, like it's not much, but, but it adds up to quite a bit over time. Those are the monies that they invest and, you know, and use.
1: Yes thank, thank you. you Now there are some other things I've heard that uh, affect people's giving. well by, by the way, way, what time do we stop with this? eleven, 11 okay um,
2: well, here's some ministers that i I can't support they uh,
1: they promote rock music and they Uh, do various things, and I don't want my tithe going to them, so I'm going to withhold my tithe.
0: That is not
1: wise either, because there are other really good ministers out there. How do we know which ones get our tithe? Isn't God big enough to send your tithe to the right pastor? And if he doesn't do that, it's his business, right? Right? Which pastor gets your tithe? So,
0: yeah, so I don't think we should allow those kind of thoughts to dry up
1: our tithe giving. And maybe one other factor is that some people are tempted to figure their tithe on the smallest, you know, that they can do without their conscience bothering them, rather than, you know, being generous with God. And
0: that way we miss out on the Malachi blessing, you see, because when we're generous with God,
1: he's generous with us. We, my wife and I have tested this for probably 40 years or longer, and uh, the blessings are just abundant when we are faithful in paying our tithe.
2: Well, since we have only 10 minutes left, let's go to the next subject,
1: verse 15. In those days saw I in Judah, some treading wine presses on the Sabbath,
0: and bringing in
1: sheaves
0: and leading asses, as also wine, grapes, and figs, and all manner of burdens which they brought
1: into Jerusalem, on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. So here they were, it was a regular work day. They were bringing things in, they were buying and selling, and so on. Do do we
3: get involved in any of this? If so, how?
1: All right, that's a practice that's come in
4: of late, I don't know, at least the last 20
1: years. People eating at a restaurant, I I wouldn't want to say that uh, there could never be a situation where a person would have to do that, but certainly we can plan so that we almost never would have to do that type of thing, right? You gotta plan ahead. Any other things that you've seen where we might be slipping On our Sabbath-keeping.
5: If you work in and the sun sets, let's say, especially in the wintertime now, let's say 5.30, a person leaving work at 5, you know, will not make it home before 5.30, not in Georgia anyway, unless you work next door. And the other thing, too, um, it's on the Sabbath evening, you know, we tend to start, even sometimes in your head, you start planning what it is you're going to do, you know, as soon as the sun sets. So, you know, just infringes on the edges of the Sabbath. All right. Yes, those are two
1: really important ones. Any others?
0: We're looking at. Uh, What are we doing
1: that is not in harmony with Sabbath-keeping? Are we doing any
3: of these things to break the Sabbath?
1: No more ideas?
2: Okay, our conversation, yeah, on the Sabbath. If we're talking about business matters
1: on the Sabbath, it's just like we were doing business on the Sabbath. And I'm afraid that's a big one with many Seventh-day Adventists. I, had, uh, I didn't expect to hear this at Wildwood because I thought at Wildwood we had a high level of Sabbath keeping. But the mechanic told me one time, he said, Pastor Atwood, you're the only one that doesn't talk to me about car problems on the Sabbath. And I thought, What? Who wants to talk to the poor mechanic about mechanical problems on the Sabbath? Uh, If you you break down on the Sabbath and you need to get to
0: church, maybe, you know, it would be appropriate. But can't we do it on Friday or wait till Sunday to discuss car problems? So I guess there is some, you know, uh, backsliding, or maybe we never achieved the true Sabbath-keeping goal that God had in mind for us.
1: I think it would be good, based on this lesson,
0: for all of us
1: to you know, examine our tithe pain, examine our Sabbath-keeping,
0: and uh, see whether we measure up or not. Now, it goes
1: on to tell some other problems he had to face and her time is passing, so I won't read it all. But he, he really, really had a problem getting rid of these
0: uh, heathen merchants. He shut the gates
1: and they still came. And so he said, you, said, you, come, you come again and I'm gonna bodily throw you out. So they, they didn't come back. <laughs> they
0: uh, stayed away during the <laughs> Sabbath hours.
1: So sometimes we have to get pretty, uh, you know, pretty vigorous with people who might be uh, trying to infringe on the Sabbath. One situation,
0: you know, that we've had there at Wildwood and I think we've always got to think ahead
1: because the commandment includes what people do on our property, right? So you have to think ahead.
0: And you you have have to to warn people
1: not to do what they're needing to do on Sabbath. Sabbath.
3: For instance, uh, this one wasn't at Wildwood, but
1: uh, I heard a big logging truck coming up the hill to deliver a load of wood on Sabbath. Well, I started praying because, you know, I didn't want to to uh, mistreat him. I didn't know whether he knew or he didn't know. So I prayed about it, and I felt guided to leave the church or or the Sabbath school class and go out and meet the trucker. And I asked him, did anyone tell you not to deliver the wood on the seventh-day Sabbath?
0: He said, no, nobody ever told me. So I said,
1: well, then I will let you deliver today. But if
4: you
3: come again, you forget, and you come again on Sabbath,
1: then I will send you away, not let you deliver.
4: So he never came again. He got the point.
0: So, you know, there was one at Wildwood, too, that I, I really didn't know how to deal with.
1: I found out later that the trucker had been told,
4: uh,
0: but he brought a log home that someone else was buying for a while. He? he drove on the campus and I saw him
1: you know, arriving there and uh, I just
0: assumed that he didn't know that he wasn't supposed to deliver on Sabbath. But later I talked to the one that was involved in the donation and found out
1: Yes, the company was told not to deliver on Sabbath. So we must not just you know, be careful ourselves about the way we keep Sabbath, but we need to make sure that the people who are going to try to do things on our property, that they're duly informed, and then we have to enforce it if they forget, so that our property is uh, in harmony with Sabbath keeping.
4: Well, I believe in closing that uh, we have more than we realize
0: in regard to backsliding today.
1: And I close with this statement from Second Spirit of Prophecy, uh, page 194. As Israel separated from God, the true object of the Sabbath institution
0: became less distinct in their minds.
1: And I think that's what's happening to us, that there's less understanding about the reason why God has given us the Sabbath. They grew careless of its observance and unmindful of its ordinances. But we're in a time we cannot afford that. This is the time to have the best Sabbath-keeping that's ever existed in Bible times, best. And we must be reading, and bringing our Sabbath keeping up to what it should be, and also uh, our tithe paying, and the giving of offerings, that we will be in full harmony with what God has said. You
0: may be tested, and think you cannot pay your bills, but God will find a way, if we are faithful, that you can
1: take care of of your your needs.